Welcome to the Little King's Pinball Podcast. My name is Kevin Ryan and my guest today is Russell Linsky. Russell is on the show today because he found a way to save my favorite pinball event ever. So this is the story of Dory Hill and how it came back from the ashes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Little King's Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ryan, and I am sitting here with the man who saved Dory Hill, Mr. Russell, I should say Dr. Russell Linsky. (laughs) Russell is a heart surgeon in the Colorado Springs area, and after things didn't come together with Dory Hill, he took it upon himself to make sure that my favorite pinball event of the year happens and it happens again and again and again so with that in mind I would like to express a great deal of pinball gratitude and a deep sense of appreciation for my guest Russell Linsky welcome to the show thank you all right so we are going to go through uh, and and by the way you can reference the the show and the interview that I did with Steve Trujillo who was the previous one of our previous guests on this particular matter. And uh, that will give you a little bit of sense of perspective of what was going on with this event. And I guess the easy way to start out with this is, why is it so special? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, that's that's a really good question. You're the one that turned me onto it. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Years ago, when I was just getting into all this, you told me, we were talking about our favorite- yeah, exactly. I said, what's the best pinball know. event? And you said, there's this thing called Dory Hill, and I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And um, so I like signed up and, and went up there, and I the first time I went, I stayed at the casino. Yeah. And because I couldn't really get That's a spot a at that move. point, it was fine. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, yeah, and I had a ball with it. So okay. each year I've done it a little more and more, and now I'm all in. So. Yeah. You're actually, uh, you know, the tip of the spear at this point. Yeah. So, right. so what happened was there was a disagreement with the person who previously put it together and the people that owned the site and it stopped we actually skipped a year because it just didn't happen for whatever reason I remember looking around to different sites within the state some of them were by Steamboat Springs some were by Buena Vista but the trick was none of them as much as I loved them, were anywhere near Denver. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. And I know I was looking too, and I know people that were looking out in Durango. Yeah. And uh, guys up in Fort Collins were looking. Everybody was trying uh-huh. to find an alternate venue, and basically everybody was striking out. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. For various reasons. I, mean, yeah. I thought that the option that they found out in Durango was probably the most interesting one. Yeah. But it's in Durango. And, yeah. you know, there were concerns that nobody would go and it would be too hard to get machines there. And so anyway, eventually we just decided it needed to happen at the same venue, the original venue. Okay, so, so did you reach out personally, directly yourself? Well, it went down like this. I, ironically, it started at the uh, Blizzard Mountain 24-hour event last wow. year. Wow, really? So, yeah. Which, which so, we just had the second just had this event one, yeah. this last night, actually. That's right. So uh, Ryan Wenger and I were, this was probably three in the morning, we were completely exhausted. We were between rounds and we were literally sitting on the ground in that middle yes. room. <laughs> and uh, 
And I don't know. We were just like, okay, everybody's tried. Yeah. We have to make this happen. Yeah. How could we possibly make this happen? And uh, yeah, we just talked it out. And I think I was in a somewhat unique situation where I had a really good relationship with Steve Trujillo. Always have. Good. And um, you know that the people at the venue, I had actually talked to them a little bit over the years and I felt like I was pretty friendly with them. I'd met yeah. the owner and been friendly yeah. with him. So I don't know. I just decided that maybe between Ryan and I, Ryan knows how to run an event. And he run does. A tournament, he does a great job. Don't, but, <laughs> but with his help, we said, well, maybe if I could, you know, uh, work out the details behind the scenes to get permission and he could be in charge of running it, maybe we could actually make something happen. So yeah, that, that's yeah. a wise move right off the bat because I do, and I did talk to Steve about this too, where he was trying to run and manage the site itself and the tournament at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and the dude, you know, I mean, he did it, but I think he got overloaded a few times. I do too. And as the event got bigger and bigger, it, it became clear that there really are at least two jobs there. There's the tournament director, but there's yeah. also kind of like host. Yeah. And that's two jobs. And so Ryan and I... To, to Ryan's credit, I mean, he indulged this thing completely, and, and I did a lot of the background work with Steve and the event, but as far as figuring out how we were going to make it, you know, work... That was easy. It, it was or or straightforward, I should say. Well, I mean, we'd all done it before. Yeah. So, so the, the groundwork had been laid, but but we definitely talked out every detail of, like, every little strategic move we'd make, and Ryan and I texted, I bet we have texted 10,000 times back and forth about Got every it. little detail. Yeah. So... Anyway, yeah. After that meeting at the at the Blizzard thing, um, I started contacting Steve and just, you know, politely and gently was like, Can, "Is there any way? Do yeah. you see any way forward that we yeah. can kind of make this thing continue?" And we we talked and we and there were some negotiations and and eventually uh, he was yeah, enthusiastic guys, for it to continue. Yeah, and, and you came to so, agreement. That's yeah, great. Yeah, came to an agreement. So, good. so that was good. And then. Uh, then we, I started, you know, kind of engaging with the event owner or the the location owner and the staff up there, and made a couple of trips up there to meet with them mm-hmm. in person, just to go over what were the problems in the past, what were their concerns, and um, you know, it, Ryan met with me up there with them, and and we walked around the site and talked about just all the issues we could think of. Yeah, and they were receptive. Good. You know, I think it. I think they were willing to kind of give us a, a fresh look at it and a fresh start. Yeah. So, um, That's great. Yeah. I, we were really, really pleased with the way that all kind of went down. And, you know, they, this is a weekend that probably they're not going to be able to book the campsite without us. And they can book the whole entire site with us there. So, so it benefits you, them you to have You pretty much there. purchased the entire site for the weekend. Which, right. And that hadn't been done quite no. that way before. No. So, And I just told them, I was like, we had had, as you know, we'd had like troubles with people getting, you know, calling the sheriff because we were being too loud and all that. And the only way around that was just to have the whole entire place. You had so, to purge it. <laughs> yeah. We just needed the whole thing. So, and, and of course, the owner of the site was thrilled happy. with that. Yeah. And he wanted, he loved that idea. So, uh, I yeah. can't imagine him not being happy to have a sellout weekend out of high season. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's great. And I do believe the, we did get a visit from uh, an officer sometime during the week, but it wasn't on our account. <laughs> I was so nervous when I saw that truck pull up. Yeah. Because I, 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 he pulled up and I saw him, but like 
three or four people raced over to me and said, the sheriff's here, the sheriff's here. Oh, yeah. And we all know what that means. And I just went over and talked to him, and he said, no, I haven't heard anything. You guys having fun? Yeah. That's great. I invited oh. him to come play with us. So There you go. <laughs> Building so, bridges with pinball at that's right. Dory Hill. Oh, by the way, look what I found. What? Look at, I've been looking for this. Oh, <laughs> I need to get that back to you. <laughs> so this is this is my copy of the uh, the Poland Rain Pinball Wizardry book, yep. which is uh, that was a it was That's like a, a used cool bookstore book. find and. Yeah. Yeah, take that back today. Just can't find you. Well, I, I, I left you a couple of <laughs> you books did, right you there. Did. So that's cool. <clears throat> yes, the the pinball book club is alive and well here in Colorado. <laughs> that's the most interesting pinball book I've ever read, for right? sure. And it's hilarious. It too. is bizarre. <laughs> Those guys are a little strange, but it's good though. I I think it's great. Um, and and honestly, I I I don't like normal. Yeah. I I like unusual. I yeah. like different. I like things that are. Not just out of the ordinary, but memorable. Yeah. And well, I went through a phase where I would I read all these, and I, you know, I was just ravenously reading anything I could find about pinball. And there's not that much out there. No, there there isn't. But and, and by the way, I'll be going to Expo in a couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully I'll be sitting down with Uncle Roger, and oh, yeah. and maybe a few other. I I don't know if I'm gonna bring the the laptop and get some interviews or not because this podcast really has taken a different turn and and I think this is really only maybe the third or fourth cast I've done this year oh is that right yeah but uh, at the same time it's been uh, I'm just really looking for memorable qualities so you know uh, at the start of this year I was fortunate enough to talk to Dean Grover about what he did with Elvis oh yeah awesome that's a good one yeah, yeah he, he's and he's just the nicest dude you ever did meet yeah of course so um, and, and then the, I think the other one I had was with Ryan maybe two with Ryan mm-hmm. and, and well yeah because he won the Intergalactic that's so right that was a big one yeah. he, he's, he got his whoppers right yeah he did so um, and, and that was great that, that's, that was a, a big win for I mean oh, just about yeah. anyone unless oh, I mean, that's a monster you know as far as the size of a competition I think he said it was 600 people yeah, out of the thousand that attended Pinburg, so that's a monster tournament. Awesome, one of the biggest ever. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and 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 we had a really good conversation about the headspace, that mental state that he found himself in mm. when he was playing mm. during that tournament, and man, that's what that's what pinball competitors. Are, you know that's their holy grail that's what they're really that's what I'm searching for yeah that's right. so uh, to, to see and hear that uh, from him was fantastic I haven't been competing this year and um, and I did actually play in the charity tournament on Friday oh did you yeah they, they had a tournament and all the proceeds go to Dan Spolar's oh. organization so that was awesome and and um, and it and a lot of things that came back to me were what I was experiencing before, but I think how I dealt with it was different. So mm-hmm. I'm going to call it progress. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. good. good. So, um, all right. So back to where we were. Yep. Uh, uh, so no trouble with the popo. Yeah. And everybody, as far as I could tell, they pretty much turned their games off around 10. Well, Friday night, 
some people stayed up really late and yeah. they were right outside my cabin. So that that was a challenge, and we're going to probably have to cut that off earlier in the future. But I think what happened was, you know, we had the Flipper Frenzy tournament, yeah. which was chaotic and a little crazy, and it rained, and then it stopped raining at you know midnight, mm-hmm. and then I think everybody had a chance to kind of stop and relax and then they wanted to party play pinball. a little bit and play some pinball. <laughs> so yeah, some people st- did stay up probably too late on Friday night. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was the big advantage of having the whole campground. Well, the other thing so, was it was even over by your cabin. Mm-hmm. So my cabin was the one that was closest to the main lodge Yeah. over there. But, you know, whether you're further over by your side or, or further out to the south, mm-hmm. you're not close to anyone else that might be because they've got some people living up there absolutely yeah the, the only thing that I think we're going to do differently on that as far as like staying up too late is I think the pavilion needs to be shut down at a reasonable time because there are a few RVs right on that other side that we probably were a little disturbing okay. potentially so on Saturday once I realized that then on Saturday night I came by at like 1230 and turned off the pavilion games and okay let everybody keep the other games on a little bit longer I think that's going to work. I mean, yeah, I didn't hear any complaints. I mean, I think we uh, we were reasonable. But. Yeah, or, or you know, we somebody could get up at the break of dawn and toot some reveille through a bullhorn <laughs> and then turn the games on. There you, go. there you go. As long as it's at like eight o'clock, that's probably fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, um, yeah, actually, that was um, that that was. That was an interesting day because um, we're, we've usually been blessed with excellent weather, and it did rain most of the evening, uh, and uh, and it was a hard rain. That was a drenching type of rain. Yeah, it was a tough one. So I mean, you know, you, that's going to Dory Hill. That's part of the challenge. But boy, well, here here's another thing for me. I took off Friday to come on up there yeah. and get things done. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I really what I would really like to do next year. Is come up Thursday. Thursday, yeah, and then a get bunch things. of people have approached me about that. Yeah, but okay. of course we're gonna have to have the campground on Thursday night. Well, I, so. I don't think anybody had any issues finding their um, campsites or an extra site or an RV site, yeah, or a tent site coming up on Thursday. So I would say you know consider negotiating uh, for a good price on. You know, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, the real truth is, yeah. is that, you know, it's a campground. So people go up there on the weekends. So I don't necessarily think Thursday night is going to be all that busy of a night. No. We, we might very well just try to negotiate that into the whole package for this next year. I don't see why not. Cause I, I'm going to at least ask him about it. Well, I, I did speak to the owner on the way out and mm-hmm. thanked him. And he was Thank smiling when, yeah, when, okay. when I said goodbye, which, which is a great start. It is. <laughs> Yeah, we. I worked really hard to, to make sure those guys were really happy. We gave free hoodies to him and the whole staff, and they liked that. Wow. And they were, anyway, we, we You're trying to keep them that up. Rela- Yeah, <laughs> we want that relationship to be uh, solid. So, and they, but they wouldn't even allow us to, to book it yet. They don't. They don't book until uh, the new year. I believe the new year. Yeah. yeah. So, but of course, you know, we'll we'll be booking it as soon as it's available. Well, and, and of course, the the other. The other issue is everybody wants a cabin. Everybody, everybody wants, a cabin. wants a cabin. Yeah, that's a that's a real uh, controversy as to how to hand, handle that because you know historically, it was always you get to keep your same accommodations. So, 
when Ryan and, when Ryan and I took over, we really didn't want to change anything as if that we didn't have to. Yeah. So that was one of the things that kind of fell into that category. We said, well, we'll just do it the way they've always done it. Uh, yeah, there's no perfect way to distribute 13 cabins among 100 plus people. Yeah, well, I, I had I had two guests come up and I mean, I had the cabin to myself until two weeks before the event. Mm. But I've traditionally done that where, you know, somebody's scrambling and they're just looking for a place to stay. Right. Okay, I'll help you out. Sure. You know, split my cost and easy, super easy. And uh, yeah, I just, well, we definitely want to optimize the site. And that includes the cabins and every, you know, every tent site, every RV site. So yeah, I think by the end, we were pretty optimized. Uh, there were very few bunks that were empty. I don't. I think. Well, I think there were very few RV spots that were empty. Yeah. And I, how many? How did the tent sites do as well? They were packed. I mean, okay. absolutely packed. The, the the people at the base at base camp were really nice about that because I think the the usual uh, policy that they run is if you have a tent and you have extra people and extra cars, they charge you for each extra person and yeah. each extra car. And actually, they were pretty loose about that. Well, you know, they, were saying, they, you. they got paid already. So. Exactly. They got paid months <laughs> ago. I think they were, they were pleased. So uh, anyway, the, but that was very helpful that they were willing to be a little flexible. But yeah. One of the things Ryan and I have talked about for next year is it would be great if you could somehow just sell a person a partial site, you know, rather oh, than... yeah. And, and just be like, look, there's going to be four tents on this site. Yeah. You, you are going to pay for one of those sub sites and uh, arrange it like that. But I don't know. We haven't really worked that out yet. Well, that also is interesting because it begs the question, uh, how many people are going to be taking up those sites that don't have a cabin on it that are bringing games? Absolutely. So we, we had the fortunate facility of that, that, that platform yeah, pavilion, uh, which was covered, and even then, that was tricky because the rain came, and so the tarps had to go up, and um, and that was. Uh, I think we're gonna have to have people bring like thirty foot ladders <laughs> next year. So did I tell you the story about the pavilion thing? All right, tell me. Let's hear this. So, so I got up there early on yeah, Friday, and of course, you know, everybody was supposed to show up like two o'clock or so. I was there about eleven thirty on Friday, basically. It, I was the only one there. The Artie and them were there. They had shown up Thursday night. Well, they came so from they had, Kansas City. They came from Kansas City, but they had already yeah. set up everything. They were there. So I, I greeted them and everything. And then I had just pulled up. I had gotten my game with Artie's help. I had gotten my game like onto my porch, not even set up. And you brought the Wonka, right? Right, Willy Wonka. Did you unbox it for this, yeah. this one? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it a little bit in advance Two to make sure it worked okay. out all the kinks, yeah. but it was new. It was Two unboxings. It was gold. Yeah. Well played. So... But anyway, so we get it, we get it up there, and um, and then it starts to rain, and so I'm scrambling to get. Um, it's raining lately. I'm getting tarps kind of on my game, and uh, it kind of lets up. Like okay, so I have my game roughly covered. Then the game exchange people show up. Yeah, which was By wonderful. The way, thank, thank you, JJ, thank you, for, JJ. for supporting um, this event with the. We we had a Jurassic Park. Huh? And uh, what else do you remember him bringing uh, out? Oktoberfest. Yes. Uh, yep. Beatles, Gold. Yep. And what was the fourth one? Uh, Black Knight. Oh, the, the Swords of Rage. And yep. that was the pro, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so a really nice selection of new games. Yes. Too, which was really cool. But So they show up, and the, the rain kind of died down. And they came and found me. This is like noon. 
Um, a couple of guys, real nice. They helped me get the games up on the pavilion, get mm-hmm. them all set up, yeah. plugged in, tested, leveled. Everything was good. And then they were like, okay, great. You know, see you guys. Have fun. So they take off. Still no one else is there. And then it starts to hail yeah. hard. I know. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I... I rode my motorcycle up yeah. <laughs> through the canyon through all that stuff. So I go running from my cabin over, back over to the pavilion because it's just Hailing. a sudden big hail with blankets and tarps and everything. And I'm just chucking them up on top of those games because I'm going <laughs> to protect JJ's games. And I'm just getting thrilled by all this hail. And I pull all the games to the middle of the pavilion and I'm the only one out there. But I, I think I successfully <laughs> saved those games and well kept done. them out of well trouble. Well played. And then by the time it stopped raining, basically everybody was showing up. So then we put those big tarps up. Yeah. But lesson learned there. We got to get those tarps up. Well, maybe that's something the game that you could talk up, to so. the the people at the spot there about because the the nice thing about that pavilion pagoda, whatever you want to call it, covered yeah. area, is it's on a concrete foundation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, between games that are being set up in the dirt, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that start teetering and tottering, or games that are on you know, a, 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 an old wooden cabin floor that bounces like a trampoline right. when you get to it, um, you know, th- those things are all very, um, you don't think of these aspects when you go somewhere and you play pinball because... It's not. It's a non-issue. Yeah. So we we have a very unique event. That, uh, so j- just finding flat earth is a good thing. That's a struggle. That's right. <laughs> and really, I think it's just as simple as we just. The first thing I should have done when I showed up there is put yeah. those tarps up on that pavilion. Yeah. But who would have thought that we would have gotten so unlucky for it to hail? Now you know. Right at that moment. But and now we're ready for. And there there is one other thing, like especially the the Lord of the Rings that was there yeah, on yeah. site. Uh, I've seen this done before, and, and granted, I didn't see it till I was actually in the pin golf tournament mm-hmm. itself, so I didn't mention anything to the owner or to anyone else, but you can go in and you know, get a shovel and dig two level uh-huh. troughs, and you put like blocks of wood, two by fours, yeah. on there, and then you put the game on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that way, you're going to have a relatively stable. I mean, sure. it's not a floor, but it's flooring yeah. on that pinball game to, to give it a more. How should I say this? Consistent yeah. foundation. Right. Yeah, it's a good thought. We we definitely are going to have to think about whether that game needs to go on that site or do we just need to move it to a different location because that well, was very unlevel and in, in addition to being rock. I actually so, teetered the game. Yeah. To get the ball out of the outlets. Right. <laughs> you know that used to be my Lord of the Rings. I sold I that game I to the Higgins. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sweet. That's a fantastic Lord of the Rings, but not that I played it very well that weekend. But yeah, but you know, it's just getting back at you for selling it. I know, right? right. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean that. But all the other games that I I really don't remember any other games are out on the open ground. I think everything else is either on. The porch of one of the cabins, mm-hmm. one of the dories, or it was on the the pavilion. And I do like the pavilion because one, it's a central location. Two, it you know they seem to have good power. Yep, coming do. out there, they do plenty. Uh, yep. I I did meter my cabin this year, and it did come out to 120. Oh yeah, volts. Yeah, so um, I don't I don't yeah. know if it was just 
we had a bad weekend the last time I was up there, but that's... Yeah, that was weird last year. But. Well, it, it actually affected the strength of the flippers. Mm-hmm. On the well, game you know game. what happened in my cabin, too? Yeah. Because Dave Anderson had, uh, what was it, uh, TX Sector yes. in my cabin. Yes. And he was having uh, power issues. Couldn't get it to run. Uh, the, remember he had those little pop bumper caps that had like little uh, LEDs. electrical, whatever. Yeah, yeah and it, they wouldn't work right. I don't know. This year we didn't seem to have power problems. I don't know. And and I don't know if that's from you know the box that's out on the the telephone pole or or, or what well, happens. But I don't know if you heard, but what was happening up there at cabin A and B because we yeah. did have some problems up there. All the way at the end of the, the south, very right? south end, the, yeah. the B cabin that had an Aerosmith, uh, it kept resetting and yeah. stuff. And so we just kind of experimented around. We ended up putting it into the power cable that begins at cabin A, yeah, but is actually attached to cabin C. Yeah. So it was a bit of a maze, but. It worked fine after that, but it was just we figured it out. That 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 may have to be a strategic decision where you say, okay, this cabin isn't working. Put these games on the pavilion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, who knows what how it's going to work for next year? But I think that we're going to probably fill the whole pavilion with games, both Cause, sides. Yeah, because you've got rows. You could put another ten games up there, probably easy. And you just take the picnic tables and put them out in that flat area, which they told us we could do. Yeah, um, and we just do all our little tournament dealings out there you could easily have 18 at least games into the pavilion okay and i think we should i think, I think uh, we should well it's it'll definitely make certain aspects of getting around the campground easier mm-hmm. i do enjoy traveling yeah right. for the pin golf in particular sure but um Maybe next year I'll bring up a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like where your head's at. I'm gonna bring uh, my one wheel, right? <laughs> bring the one wheel. Yeah, you could you could get around and dirt yeah. road on that thing. That's right. But um, but I'm curious specific because because here's here's the the biggest difference that I'm seeing from this year's compared to previous years, and this is important because I I really do want this to be heard by other people that are interested in doing something like this in their neighborhood is. Mm-hmm. The biggest change I saw was the financial decision to buy out the entire campground. Yeah. That that put aside so many objections on so many levels. So um, it was just how many months in advance were you, were you doing that? Well, we got that worked out like about, in April? about April, late April, okay. early May. So that's um, four or five months out. Yep. Okay. I mean, I would do it even earlier, but we had to negotiate and get them to agree to do it. Uh, so, uh, but I, I would do it as early as possible. But truthfully, once I went and had the campground, and then I reached out, everybody was so excited to do it that, I mean, we had all the cabins sold in two or three days. Yeah. And then the RV sites and the campsites weren't far behind. Yeah. So, I mean, I basically recouped my the money that I had spent on the campground very quickly. I mean, I, I didn't upcharge it at all. I just charged everybody precisely what they had charged yeah. me. So it probably took six weeks to be all the way back to where I had been paid back effectively, everything I had paid. But that's not that bad. I, I would do it again well, without... You had the resources yeah. to do it, too. Well, and we were... <laughs> believe it or not, it was actually a little nerve-wracking when Ryan and I were talking about it. Like, nobody's ever done it that way before. Yeah. It's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. And we, we were reasonably confident that everybody was going to be excited to come to Dory Hill. So, uh, so we were willing to, to jump that, you know, do that, but it worked out fine. It really did. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for it. It's the other thing that we did differently that I do think paid off well was we took funds for the tournament mm-hmm. entries at yeah. a time. 
Because if you'll remember in previous years, there was always a long line of people signing up for the tournament, paying their money, buying their T-shirt, getting their whatever yeah. on Friday. Yeah. And that was a that was a bottleneck in terms of timing. Yeah. I, this I, way we I didn't think, have that bottleneck. I think Zach even gave you, gave me a discount for buying the hoodie before I got to the site. Right. You so, did, for sure. Yeah. So that was great. And Zach, Zach Smith is Tilt Hammer Clothing. And he has been doing the t-shirts and the hat. I don't know if he does hats, but he does the t-shirts and the hoodies. Patches. For, yep. Yes, I got I got a patch with my pre-order as well, yep. which is really sweet. And um, and congratulations to him for. I think this is the first time he won the Best the tent. Yeah, the tent yeah. decorations because he he freaking went full on barbarian. Yeah, and. Um, well, he always does a great job. He does, but it was just, you know, he had the Viking and, and what was the other one that was in the tent? It was Viking. Well, I guess it was a Viking theme. And, oh, the other game was, yeah. uh, was it um, Gorgar? Yeah. Yeah. Swords and Sorcerer all the way. Yeah. He was fantastic during the whole process because I, I talked to him really early on and said, can you please just handle that part so yeah. I don't have to think about it? And mm. he said, oh, yeah, sure. So I, it was great. He is he one of the fantastic. nicest, most understated like the like people don't always get him because he's so quiet. Yeah, but such a solid dude. Super nice guy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've got my Tilt Hammer stuff at home too. So <laughs> uh, if you haven't checked it out, I believe it is tilthammer.com. Yeah. So for all of your Nordic pinball themed <laughs> wear, uh, go check it out. That's right. And uh, and thank you, Zach. And um, so. Okay, so the site was bought out. Yep. The tournaments were paid for up front. The shirts and the hoodies, if you could or you chose to, were paid for up front. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, Ryan and I did as much preparation as we could in terms of preparing for the tournament as, as we could possibly do. We had every... I know it was rather controversial, this business about having a handicap system. You know, I don't know if you've heard about what, what all went on there. We went through and worked out every conceivable way that you can play 18 holes of pin golf, yeah. but not everyone plays the same holes. Yeah. Because we wanted to have a lot more machines, yeah. which paid off great. Mm-hmm. And nobody had to wait for their, uh, their holes on yeah. Saturday, basically. And yet we had way more people than ever before. So okay. that, that worked out beautifully, but you have to figure out how to score that. Okay, so the, the logistics were you had, was it three or four flights of nine holes? Well, so we the way it was is you, there were four 18-hole courses okay. that overlapped one another. Yeah. So, so you might have a 1 through 18 course, and then you might have a 9 through 27 course. Yep. And then you might have, and so on. Um, up through so 36. Up through 36, roughly. But you're playing different games, so how does that even out in relation to people's qualification? That's right. And... No, as far as we can tell, no one's ever encountered that exact problem before. Because most pin golf events have 18 holes. Yeah. And it's just 18 machines and everybody plays the same 18. But if you want to have more machines, how do you handle that? And so Ryan jumped on the phone with the Sharps and Adam Lefkoff and just a, a lot of different people asking advice about how do you best handle that. Yeah. And, and what we had come up with, which... In retrospect, I think was a little bit flawed. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty good, but it, it had some flaws. Was you basically just figure out at the end of the event what was the average score on every hole? 
Oh, uh, right? I see it. So it's it's an equalizer. And then you figure out well which holes did you play? Yeah. And versus which holes did I play? And did you have holes that scored easier or harder than yeah. I did? And then you try to add a little fudge factor, a handicap that equalizes the difficulties of the holes. That worked out pretty well. I actually think the the adjustment was pretty small, which thank goodness it was. The yeah. adjustment was pretty small, so it didn't make that big of a difference. Are we talking like one or two strokes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they, they were up to three point something, but it wasn't too bad. But the flaw that was pointed out to us, which we couldn't quite figure out how to deal with this at the time, but I, I think I have a way, is um, it didn't account for the fact that you have different difficulties choosing the different flights. Yeah. So if, in other words, if the, all the best players choose to be in the blue flight and all the worst players choose to be in the yellow flight or whatever, I'm not saying it was like that, but if that happened to be the case, for example, then, yeah. for example, then all that those really great players are going to have really low scores and it's going to make those holes look easy, even though really it's just that those players are very skillful. Would you consider putting together groups of people randomly? Well, we talked about that. The, we actually ended up going away from that idea only because it didn't really, uh, I don't know, it's not the flavor of Dory Hill. Okay. Dory Hill is such a casual, fun event. People yeah. love to play with their friends. People have been playing with the same groups for years and yeah. years and years. Yeah. So we did We did go away from that strictly based on you want to be able to play with your friends. And the, the way that we came at it was you are going to get to select your flight. Yeah. And basically thinking people might be strategic about that choice. Okay. But it turned out I don't think people really were. See, I, I'm all about an event like that for making new friends. Yeah. And, and you know, you and the people that you know down Durango mm-hmm. and Jeff are a perfect example. Sure. Because you got, that was, I believe that was your first Story Hill. And I believe that that was Clark and Jason's first Story Hill too. And, you know, you guys are great friends your yeah. great pinball friends now because of it oh yeah and um and and i don't think that that's a bad thing i think that if anything this format lends itself to conversation in match play format for 18 holes with people that you may or may not be familiar with yeah I mean, that's right. my point of view the, sure. the other thing that happened was when we were doing the the marathon yesterday at, at blizzard mountain is um, we had, I think it was four groups on nine holes. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we set it up. So the first group was started out playing in that bank of nine, started on hole number one. The second group started on hole number three. The third group started sure. on hole number five. And then yeah. the fourth group started on hole number seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though the same nine games were being played, they were still able, you know, and, and, and they had a space of games between them. So if there was one particular game like Stern Star Trek that plays long because it plays long, yeah. it never became an issue with a stopgap. Right. So, I mean, there's a way to, to, to let, you know, filter people in. And granted, Dory Hill, because it's so open, is, um, you know, it, it allows for people to just, you know, start checking in whenever and wherever sure. they want to and just wandering around the, oh, we're, we missed hole number two and hole number 16, and then you end up splitting right. your way around and the campground. And that's we talked too. a lot about how the most important thing about the event, for us anyway, is maintaining that vibe of the event, that yeah. fun vibe. It's which culture. 
it's the culture, and you're going to explore the campground. Everybody wanted to find out what the games were in advance. We're yeah. like, no, that's part of it. You yep. go, and you walk the campground, and you explore with your friends, and you play. And um, so one of the most important things was to keep that culture intact. Mm. And so that's why we're really reluctant to, to mix up the groups. <laughs> and so, so anyway, I think what we're going to do for next year is we're going to have another, potentially, we're going to have another adjustment happen for the difficulty of the, the same cohort based on skill level. So I think we're still going to let people play with their friends, play in their group that they select, yeah. but there will be an adjustment made if you happen to fall into the the group that has the best players, essentially. And that's going to be a little bit challenging, but Nate Hart actually brought up brought this up right after the mm-hmm. event, and, and we worked out a bunch of the statistics with it, and I think we've figured it out. Okay. Um, Is that going to go by IFPA rankings and things like that? No, I, I think it's just going to go with... Um, directly so because that overlap happens group a or group blue you know we had them by color so the blue group plays some of the same group games that the red group plays Mm -hmm. and so all you have to do i think is compare on commonly played holes yeah how oh so it's another type of an overlap that's right so all the blue players versus all the red players on the games that they happen to play at the same time gives you some clue as to which where your more skillful players interesting so I, I figured out a way to kind of map that out and, and uh, make that make sense. So I think we're going to have an, an adjustment for the difficulty of the whole and an adjustment for the difficulty of the color group that you're in. Okay, well, let's, let's let's talk about the the really interesting thing that happened throughout the entire tournament, which mm. was Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, so it's just to, so first of all... Welcome to I, running a tournament. It, well, it's not just that. <laughs> I have to say that this year's Dory Hill gave me the distinct pleasure of... I've never had this happen before, so it's just another thing to add up to the Dory Hill experience, but I have never waited in line in the rain to play a pinball tournament in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. And it got cold. It did. It did. So, um, uh, people were remarkably good-spirited about yeah, it. Yeah. I really actually were. went and, and brought out extra like jackets and fleeces right. for people that I saw, you know, just... Shivering, it was chilly. <laughs> and it, you know, it's funny because it, uh, you know, I sent out all these emails about how do you prepare for Dory Hill, and yeah. I had all this stuff about you need to prepare for it to be rainy yeah. and cold, and yeah. one year it snowed. As you, you gotta know, be a good scout, you gotta be ready. And I don't know that people necessarily took that to heart because they, the people that hadn't been there, yeah. there were a ton of people there that this was their first year up there. Yeah, well, the yeah. whole crew from Kansas City. I mean, I'd, I'd seen Ari. A whole bunch of times, and mm-hmm. Nick Greenup had been there at least two or three times, but there was like six or eight people from. Yeah. They brought a huge gang of. So with them. so so and and every I do, I do pay attention to this every year. Did we have people from the West Coast? Um, let me think. Well, and the East Coast. Neil. No, he's Hawaii. Well, okay, coast. Right, <laughs> not the coast, but he came yeah. from the West. He came from Apple. And then who came from the East? Um. I don't know that anybody Because there, there were a bunch of people that were from, I mean, Trent and Trent, a few yeah. other people from Ohio. Right. But um, we, actually the past three, four times, we've had five, four or five time zones. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. I mean, if we can figure out a way to, to have more places to stay, have more accommodations, I think we can grow this event a lot. 
The, well, that's the challenge. Well, then the next thing you've got to do is get in touch with one of the hotel casinos over in Blackhawk yeah. or Central City. Yeah. Actually, Central City will probably be easier. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so what I'm talking about specifically is there's two towns in Colorado that have their those towns have voted to legalize gambling, and there's a Route 119 is the peak to peak highway that goes north and south through that that part of the mountains in Colorado. And so Central City legalized gambling first, and they did really well for a couple years, but you had to drive, I think it was a mile or two, to the west off of Route 119. But the town that was right on 119 was Blackhawk. So what happened was Blackhawk legalized gambling, and all of a sudden people got too lazy to drive a mile and a half up the road <laughs> to Central City. Right. And but but those hotels and a lot of those com- accommodations had been built already because gambling. So uh, I I bet you you could talk to the, the guy that owns. Isn't he the like the is he the sheriff or the police chief of that? I think he used to be, and then yeah. he, but he knows all those people. Yeah. But the the thing that I actually did talk to the people at the Ameristar. Yeah. Because you know this hotel. Well, and it's it's a really nice one, and it also happens to be that back road, that that goes back right road up. which is called Dory Hill Road. Yep. And and it goes. It's a there's a dirt road that goes from the back of the Ameristar to the front door of, of base camp. So it's absolutely perfect if you yeah. want to stay there and go there. I spoke to them, and they said that they would need. Um, Guarantees of I think it was thirty people to okay. stay there, which we probably didn't need that this year, but maybe next year we will. So, yeah, uh, yeah we're going to talk about that because I think that's the that's the ultimate place to play, to stay. It is, you know, it's it's a casino hotel, so it's not a cheap hotel room. So maybe we could find like a budget alternative somewhere, and then I don't know. There's probably a bed and breakfast around there as well. There are. We've looked into that. There's a couple of uh, Airbnbs that are within like walking distance of base camp. Actually, wow. It's a strange thing. We found there are there are Airbnbs, two of them, that are these multi-room houses uh, that people get together and do scrapbooking. Apparently. Yeah, it's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, I just like pinball's a thing, thing, man. But the right, it's a thing, man. So you can't knock it if they're loving it. And they're apparently like room for twelve to fifteen people at each yeah. of these houses. Um, so I think those are no-brainers. I mean, you'd have to get groups that would come together to rent those houses probably, but but we do have some more space. Interesting, because uh, I think that's, I think the campground is tapped. It really is. So we were jammed in there this year. Yeah. Now, there's also Cold Springs Campground, which is 0.8 miles up the road. That's a national park or state park one. Uh, campground that's just right up the road, up to, toward the highway, just out of base camp, mm-hmm. and that's a. Uh, it, it, they don't have you know kind of the layout of, of base camp. Mm-hmm. It's really just campsites for yeah. the most part. But there's a little spill off area up there too. But they don't let you reserve it in advance. Oh, first come first serve. Yeah, interesting. So a couple well, of people stayed up there this year, but and um, and, and, can't rent and, it in and the campsite that we have now, uh, they've over the years consistently upgraded it. And now they have, mm-hmm. they've got a gas station there. You know, they've, they're, they're... They redid the bathrooms, which was an expensive renovation this last year. I have to, okay, here's my one gripe. The coin shower? Put, <laughs> like, I'm going up there, and I'm, I'm actually realizing I left my quarters at home. Because <laughs> all the games are on free play. Right. And now I need to get quarters so I don't offend anyone. 
<laughs> so I didn't know that was even a thing. So I actually had my uh, my comet pinball, uh, you know, yeah. coin thing yeah. that was packed full of quarters, and I just left it in the shower. See that that's an, and that's an idea. Right, Ryan Ryan needs to like put the banner over the bathroom door. Right. Shower sponsored by <laughs> to hand out quarters. Not a bad idea. That's, who's going to be the shower sponsor this year? I think we can yeah. do that. I'm actually surprised we didn't see a game exchange banner. They brought up the games. I'm like, where's the banner guy? Where's the banner for Comet? I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, part of it is it came together pretty late. We're going to have the whole year to do it this time. So I think we should probably investigate sponsors. Like, and obviously those two are are the... Well, Trent's up there. Yeah, Trent. Yeah, good point. You know? um, Trent. Tiltammer. Yeah. Um, Some of them are just no-brainers. Yeah. Um, And I think it's different per... Well, I mean, Trent always is bringing up like little key fobs and, yeah. you know, he's, he, but his thing is, is all about relationships and the fact sure. that he's freaking OG high and pinball player. And I mean, I've even talked to JJ about it where he'll speak to someone and, you know, why aren't you buying games here in Colorado for game exchange? And they'll say, well, I've known Trent for 20 years. Yeah. And... I mean, it works both ways. Pinball gets done both ways. But you know, JJ's response is, okay, you know, I mean, right. he's, he can't do anything other than respect their decision. And Well, Trent's been nothing but supportive of the event for years and years and years. Yeah. And he loves to come. And if he's, you he's ask him what's guy. his favorite, and this is a dude who runs the pinball tournament at right. Expo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll be there in a couple of weeks and, and he'll be like, hey, why aren't you playing in the tournament? <laughs> but, uh, you know, he like he, he goes to Papa, he goes to Pember. He he's he's on tour all year long, going around to all these events. That's what he does. He gets to live that life, and you can ask him, and he'll tell you it's story. I mean, I, like here here's one of the other events that that you'll hear me uh, cheer about is the collection that's in Ann Arbor, hmm. uh, and that's Clay Harrell. And it's like the VA or something. Yeah, it's yeah. but he he bought an old like a. a, a it's either a VA or a, you know, Foreign Legion or uh-huh. VFW or something like that. I yeah. think it's a VFW. Yeah. But he bought that old building. He ended up, I think it was two buildings. I think he's built a third, maybe a fourth. Huh. It's like three, four hundred games. Wow. And we're talking like a wall of Zacharias <laughs> and a wall of Sonics and a wall of you know, interplays. And, a, and, it's, and it's not yeah. just games that you've never heard of before. It's manufacturers you've never heard of before. Right. And the only ones I haven't seen up there, and who knows, because this collection keeps growing, is I haven't seen any of the Brazilian Tato hmm. pinball games. I don't know those. And, and well, it was like a, a lot of a, it was a Brazilian company that did everything they could to replicate Williams games from like the late seventies to mid eighties, and they huh. had some really interesting. Huh. Like you're looking at, it and you're like, okay, this is Black Knight, but the artwork was different, hmm. and sometimes the rules were different. Interesting. And you just don't see them in America. And then the other ones that I'm, I'm still looking for are the old Sega electromechanical games. Mm-hmm. Sega in the 70s used to make pinball games that yeah. I haven't seen outside of Japan. And oh, the other one is uh, he didn't have any Hankin games. Those are the mm-hmm. Australian games. Right. And I've, I'd, I'd love to get my hands on one of those and, and play them up, but it just hasn't happened yet. So... Um, who knows? Uh, it, it may happen, but even then, you know, uh, the, the Hall of Fame in Vegas is moving. 
I know, right? It's, it's like I, a 10,000 square foot facility on the strip. There are some great collections it's out there. It's not cheap, dude. No. They figure the best it out. one I've ever been to is the one that's uh, in disc. You know, and oh, I haven't been to it. Oh, that's a heck of a collection. What, when is that um, happening? Is it in January? I don't know. Um, something like that. It's been, I didn't go last year. A couple of years ago I went. But it's that's a wonderful collection. If you like EMs, wow. They have wedge heads for miles. Is that the one that's in San Francisco that used to be the... It's, outside of uh, L.A. It's like uh, okay. east of L.A. I don't know what that The yeah. Banning or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Banning, exactly okay. right. But it's a big, gigantic warehouse full of tons of beautiful games. It's a neat collection. And like you said, they have a wall of Zacharias and yeah. like a lot of rare games. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. L.A. is just such a weird place for pinball because, I mean, it's one of the largest centers of population in America, and it just... I know there's collectors out there. I don't know if they're all just hiding and, and waiting for shows like Indisc or something like that, but you go to you go to LA and you just don't see pinball. Yeah. You just don't I mean, I think there's the the that nineteen eighties bar arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is a is it's a, a good great spot. spot. Yeah. But you just don't see a and lot then there's of that. The really unique places, pins and needles. Have you ever yeah. been there? Mm-hmm. That's a neat spot. It's like this old music uh, not old, it's a it's an active uh music studio space mm-hmm. you've seen that mm-hmm. that is the neatest spot and then little games scattered around these little music studios it's kind of in a garage yeah the last a time gigantic I garage though. yeah huge thing um yeah i had a great time there when i was in la but you're right they don't have a lot of arcades they just have kind of a smattering of it i just get the idea that there's the the collectors and the collections are there they just don't there's not available the, the culture is different mm-hmm. and i don't think they the, that culture is sharing as many other pinball cultures I've seen mm. around the country. So, um, or and it's just not in in public places either. Yeah, like like here you can go to a brew pub and and see, you know, two, three, half a dozen games. Yep. It's not uncommon. Right. And I just, who knows? Maybe it's just L.A. Maybe it's just I don't know, and maybe I just need to go there with someone that does. I think we're just lucky that Colorado has such a good pinball culture. Yes, we are. We're very lucky. Everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. And and actually, Dory Hill's a big part of it for me. Yeah, me too. Um, I actually think there's a chance that we can get JJ to participate next year, actually come to the event and be a, be a part of it. How so? I've been talking to him about it. I, he, he likes to do this kind of thing. He likes to camp out and get an RV and stuff. Uh-huh. So he's never come to Dory Hill, but I've been talking to him saying, you this is going to be your favorite event I will make sure to, to talk to him about so, that yeah. as well because he should yeah he's not a big pinball you know tournament player but uh, but he likes to camp out and well it's, it's his business he should be there schmoozing yeah great yeah so anyway I'm, I've been working on him alright JJ make it happen <laughs> so uh, okay so back to uh, the the event itself mm-hmm. uh, we tried to do this funky on paper tournament on Friday that didn't really lend itself to being on paper or well it was a lot there was what 70 some odd people on Friday night yeah and and this type of a tournament really is best if it moves along quickly and not enough games too many people well there were games that were breaking down because of the rain and the cold me and that (laughs) it's true that, that is part of it 
but there were a whole bunch that had that had issues. The rain and the cold just wasn't wasn't kind to some of the older games. Altitude, yeah. So they were breaking down. Don't like it. And and you know the the part that that we have a lot of ownership in is just that we had never run an event like that. Uh, Ryan and I, he had participated in one but never run one. So we thought we had. So what was our format again? So that's Flipper Frenzy. Okay. Right. Um, and and we thought we had worked out how that was going to look. But when it really happened, and then it started raining, and then games were going down. And you had a whole bunch of people who have never done it before. And it's an inherently chaotic style of event, where people are supposed to be playing based on how fast you can get through the games. Um, it turned into a pretty chaotic, chaotic thing. For the first 15 minutes, it was insane. <laughs> and then we figured out how it should work, and people started figuring it out, and, and it started to work really well. Uh, but... And people powered through the rain for the most part. Yeah. So um, it got better. I think if it hadn't rained, and now and maybe with a years of experience, I think we could make Flipper Frenzy work and be a really good event. The only reason that I think we're we're shifting away from that idea is just that maybe it's a little too chaotic, and Dory Hill is an inherently laid back type of uh, weekend. I think it maybe doesn't match up just I right. I think if you fill that platform with games Mm -hmm. and keep that event on the platform Mm -hmm. and cross your fingers for good weather (laughs) if you get and if you can set it up digitally with match play software or something like that too i I don't know how strong the the wi-fi signal or you know if if we could set something up so that the you know we could get like a cell phone hotspot to right communicate with you you know a digital readout pads or something sure. that that might do do pretty good too we're definitely going to do more tech next year um at minimum we're going to go to some sort of display or just an, a large external monitor mm-hmm. for displaying scores and and groups and all that stuff yeah. and try to get away from paper as much as possible yeah of course we can always have the paper as a backup but uh yeah i think i think the paper system it worked. I think it was a lot of work for me and Ryan to just transcribe yeah. everything yeah. from the computer to the paper. I you think know, we can skip that stuff. You know what might be a good idea is a, uh, a projector. Yeah. yeah. So you can actually put that thing up and people can see it from across the parking lot. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be part of the setup for next year. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the bullhorn worked, so that helped. The bullhorn worked, yeah. <laughs> that helped. Thank you for uh, bringing that. It's, it's my... Minor contribution. <laughs> so I, I brought up four games this year, and three of them were EMs, and all my EMs shit the bed. So uh, that was really disappointing for me. But um, I'm probably just going if I if I do bring up an EM next year, I'm going to bring up one. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean the, the those little pads of you know between the switches that. It's not fish paper, but the that little kind of pressed board. Uh-huh. Um, they shrink and they expand in relation to not only temperature but also moisture. Yeah. So, um, fortunately, stars was working, but um, man, I well, was that like, might be one of the big advantages to having the place for Thursday night. Yeah. Is get up there. Get your game set up. Let's and make sure it's them. dealing right. Is it dealing with the <laughs> environment okay? And then we'll be ready to go. Um, yeah. So anyway. That's... Oh, uh, one one other thing I would ask, and I did talk to JJ about this. He did agree to do this, but it had to do 
The trick with this is that he's still running a business. Mm -hmm. So I asked him if he would take games up. And he said he would, but I would have to have them there at his shipping dock between business hours at a certain time. And he would take the games up there. My schedule, unfortunately, as the date got closer, did not accommodate for this. So I was able to get in touch with Dave Maslich. Thank you, Dave. And he basically took all my stuff yeah. in the back of a U-Haul. That's great. Up there. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that would be something that you might want to talk to him or consider, you know, renting out a U-Haul mm-hmm. and then say, okay, we're going to rent this thing out for, you know, three days. You know, you, you can, we can meet you here at these times and then get the games up there. Right. But I actually, it wasn't just my games. I like all my camping gear, all the decorations for the cabin, um, the the television I was using as a, a projection screen, and pretty much everything, because I was able to ride my motorcycle up there yeah. and and get all yeah, and that was get nice. my weekend done. So, thanks again, Dave. But you know, getting games getting games up there is is a lot. Yeah, it's a challenge. And it, you know, I mean, some people have trailers like the McCarthys. Mm-hmm. Other people, um, you know, like in the past, I would just throw a game in the back of my vehicle because that's how I buy my vehicles. Can a pinball game fit inside <laughs> of my car? Number one. <laughs> and uh, and then after that, it's, um, you know, whatever else I'm, I'm going to bring in, whether it's, you know, coffee in the morning or avocados for the guacamole or, or you know, blank, right. blankets, lots of blankets, lots of... And lots of blankets. Space heaters. Yes. I, I actually <laughs> I saw a few people sleeping underneath packing blankets. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You better prepare for the cold up there. So, because uh, it did. Yeah. And, and well, the first year it snowed up there. So, yeah. um, granted, it didn't snow, but it being wet and cold at altitude, um, yeah, you feel it. Yeah. You definitely feel it. Well, we got really lucky on Saturday because you know they were forecasting rain for Saturday they were and then it was clear all day and it was beautiful and it was a Colorado you know snowbird kind of 70s degree kind yeah. of day so we got really lucky on Saturday and even Sunday we were lucky in that it started drizzling at like 2.30 yeah and well, that was right when we were trying to get through the awards so um, but it, actually I, I think the timing of that worked just fine I, I, I think we should we should keep the calendar for Saturday and Sunday the same and I think we should t- continue to work on Friday well you know okay so re- really quickly with the format so I just did the marathon last night with Blizzard Mountain and we split yeah. it up three different ways mm-hmm. and the first part was pin golf nine holes the second part was match play and then the third part was flipper frenzy uh-huh. so uh, I don't and Flipper Frenzy was logistically was crazy, but the McCarthy's have one of those TVs set up, mm-hmm. and then they have you know their interwebs set up there, and they can you know just boom, okay, you you go, you you go, you you go, and that wasn't either. You're going to have to manage paper differently, or you're going to have to. Um, work with tech and, and match you know match play is great man yeah. if, you, if you can figure out a way to Check you know, get that hot spot I, I think you know I, I don't think that the format um, 
is a bad format, and, and I do think it's a good format to keep people lively. Yeah. But it's it's just that particular time that you did it, it just got overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. It was really overwhelming, and the rain hurt us a lot. It, but I, you know, I think Dory Hill really lends itself to pin golf. Yeah, it does. It really does because you can set people off and say. Yeah. Go do all this and then come back at the end. Yeah, or and, you know, take nine holes, get some lunch. Yeah, exactly. It's, it take really nine lends itself well to golf. So I don't know if we'll do some sort of golf variant for Friday night or um, I just don't know. We haven't decided yet. We're gonna come up with something. You got a year to figure it out. We do. We do. Okay. Don't worry. Um, so let's talk about uh, the actual pin golf itself. Yep. Um, I didn't start till late because. I was out and about doing my thing, and and uh, I ended up joining in on a group of three other people. Oh yeah, like I was saying earlier, I like you know, yeah. let's make some pinball friends. Sure. So I ended up playing with a group of people that were from Kansas, mm-hmm. and they were super awesome, and I had a great time. And um, you know, the the event, other than you know, every once in a while, someone comes and finds me. Hey. Something's going on with stars. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I would have been really bummed if none of my <laughs> four games worked, but I was at least right. able to keep one of them Good old stars. Yes. Stern starts Steve Kirk. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I just, uh, I would say that uh, from now on, I don't think I'm ever going to bring up more than two games. Yeah. That's pretty much it for me. Um because I've, I've done that before and I end up either games are breaking or I'm wondering when my games are going to break and it just sucks all the f- fun <laughs> sure. out sure. of you know an event like this which should be fun. Well the truth is we have so many people attending the event Yeah. even if people just bring one game yeah. you've got plenty. You know and, and if you bring your baby that is your your pride and joy yeah. and, and all you have to do is take care of that one game all weekend great. You know, I think we're gonna have plenty of games if we do it that way. Yeah, I'm. I'm. So. Al, I'm also interested to you know because we will see a number of people coming in and and I love the party people and and it actually was interesting to me because I I used to remember that um, Steve would get upset if people didn't bring games. Yeah, and and I understand that too, but um, you know if if especially now that we have that pagoda. Extra games are not an issue. No, we you have know, room. We've, we've got room to. Yep. We could pre- if, so we've got thirteen cabins, right? Mm-hmm. So that's twenty six games on the cabin. Yep. Right. And we had eight in the pavilion, and then we had a few, a smattering of other ones. Remember, you had like Led Zeppelin, and you had the yes. you had Zach's set up. So that was five games at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's interesting with rings. that because I do believe that Zach and the LeBlancs did secure the basic. I don't remember their ba- their games going out of level, mm-hmm. but they're. I think they're more on dirt, like a hard, yeah, earth, not so much just rocks. Well, maybe it's just but. that particular site that Adam and Heliana had that just, you know, because it was loose rock. Yeah, that wasn't the best spot, but uh, we're gonna do differently on that. I yeah, don't know. You learn, yeah, you and learn. you do better. And the the people from Durango are gonna bring some games and put it by their RV. That would be sweet. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And there's a nice level spot there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's Jason and and Clark and yeah, that that would be awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. 
More games, more pinball, more Dora Hill. Okay, so the actual golf, the, the pin golf this year, how did that turn out? I think it went great. That went so smoothly. I mean, nobody was waiting, which has been a historic problem, Yeah, uh, waiting for a hole. And you think that has to do with the three or four banks of nine? It was a bit of that. It's just more games overall. The okay. way we divided it up, you're, there's, we're trying to avoid any kind of choke points in terms of uh, people having to wait. And the idea that you know you can do the holes in any order was a great deal. You yeah. just take your time, you make your way around the campground, you play your 18 games. Start take, at hole number six. Take a break, take yeah. a lunch, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, we were super pleased with the way Saturday worked out. And we had some people help us out with the data entry at the end, uh, which was great. And uh, Thank no, you, volunteers. Thank you very much Whoever for you everybody are. that helped. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I thought Saturday went very smoothly. And um, we basically had it all prepped in advance uh, to figure out who was going to drop into which groups like A, B, C, mm-hmm. C for Sunday. Um, so after the data entry happened, that part happened sort of automatically. Great. All we really had to do was just write those down and, and everybody was ready for Sunday. So, okay, so so what about Sunday? How did Sunday work? So Sunday, um, I think Sunday went, went well. It was very manual, a lot of paper involved, and uh, Ryan and I writing out uh, the different formats, and we were trying really hard to have a hard out at 2.30. Yeah. We really wanted everybody to show up at the award ceremony. Because yes. um, a lot of times, historically, as you know, it gets if late. it goes too long, people leave. And yeah. so we said, no, no, we have to be ready by 2.30 for the awards. And really, we hit it. We started the awards at 2.39. So we hit that amazingly close to our target. That's great. Um, no, I, th- I thought it worked out really well. Figuring out how deep to play off spots, you mm-hmm. understand? So, like, you know, is it important who finishes 15th and 16th? Or can they be a tie? Figuring out how deeply you play off all those ties uh-huh. is a big deal because yeah. it takes a lot of time to do all those playoffs. Um, but I think we, we struck a good balance on yeah. that. And um, I thought it worked out pretty well. Everybody in A was playing in groups and in, in brackets. And then we had B and C playing pin golf. So the whole idea was everybody's pretty much playing pinball right up into the awards. Yeah. And then... One way or the other, you're playing pinball, and but that is the but idea. It should be though. I don't want anyone waiting around this yeah. whole weekend. You get to play a tremendous amount of pinball, and uh, yeah, I, I was real pleased with the way Sunday worked out. Yeah, Justin Roush, who has had literally never won a pinball tournament ever before in his life, wins the congratulations Dory Justin. Hill Ten for a monster amount of whopper and points. And he got to the final four last night in uh, at Blizzard Mountain too. Yeah, so he's, he's coming on. Uh, really strong right now. He's a tough player. So I was really players. excited. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend of mine, and I was excited to see him win it. So well, well he's part of your culture down here in, in this neck of yeah. Colorado woods right. too. So yep. uh, I I always find that interesting how certain areas seem to cultivate pinball really well, and others really just are a little bit more. It's not remote. It's just the the gene pool acts differently and so i and actually i was just down in um pueblo sorry not, not talking dory hill but down pueblo and aj yep. who was at dory hill but I, I finally checked out his place down it's in the old schlitz building oh i didn't know that, that they, they cool. used to have the schlitz and there's there's like this may be the only one that's still one of the it has like the the globe with the the wow. corporate old corporate logo yeah on it, it's a beautiful building, and his wife has a uh, uh, a high end bakery in there, 
and I was in there, and he's got a wall of about five, maybe six games. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, come check this out. So we go around the corner, and we go downstairs, and it's an old bar, and it's a long hallway. And so I'm you know, doing the stand. You know, you step to four feet to the you know to the left, mm-hmm. and I counted about twenty five spaces. Wow. He, like he, like dude, if you need games, let me know. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll help you. You know, put yeah. some games down AJ's there. He's a great guy. He's a, he's, he's, he's an awesome dude. And, but you know, Pueblo really doesn't have right. pinball community, and he could be. He's got it. Yeah. He's got it. He could be he could be that epicenter down there. Now, yeah. does that mean people are going to travel down there? Who knows? But if he can get something going down there, and and I mean, that's build what, it up from within. I mean, it's, and we have this new place in Colorado Springs that AJ has been coming up to somewhat. And um, is that cleats? That's cleats. Okay. And they've got seven games. That's the best row you know that we have at a at a location aside from the Penny Arcade. In Manitou. Uh, in Manitou. So those two are kind of our locations here in town right now. Yeah, but they've got a Wonellian location. Where, do you, where can you get a Wonellian <laughs> That's location? That's the only Wonellian you're going to see. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this place has been a real nice thing. We haven't gotten any tournaments or leagues or anything going, which I hope we do. But uh, Okay. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can drag those Pueblo people up to be in that league. Or, uh, you know, you go down to Pueblo or, you know, Castle Rock right. or wherever it is. But, you know, it, I mean, it's, what, 40, 45 minutes away from here? Yeah. And it's right on that downtown, old downtown strip. So um, There are players here in the Springs. They don't come up to Denver to events. They don't go to Dory Hill. But there are more players here than you'd think. And I've seen some can... some you know, some initials on the games that Did you recognize I don't it? recognize it. Yeah, I'm right. like, oh, I want to meet yeah. these people. There's some players down here. Sweet. That's it. I like it. Well, you know what? Uh, and, and maybe that will just take some time. Yeah, absolutely. We gotta have a league or and some tournaments at cleats, and I think that'll bring them out. But okay, well, even then, um, so back to Dory Hill. So we got through all the the events, and by the way, I have to say, I I was really the the format didn't serve my play um, on the finals, and the only reason I say that is because if you lost in the first round, you went to the losers bracket. Mm-hmm. So the best you can do, is, you know, it's one through sixteen, then seventeen through thirty-two. And the thing it, now, normally I, or at least you know, the old me mm-hmm. would really be upset about this, but I got seventeenth, mm-hmm. which right. meant, which meant I had a, a a boner of a first round, and I won every won single game after that. After that. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, but I was, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I've really taken off. A time from competing pinball. I was really happy with the way I played. I was just, man, I was like, I'm just, I didn't get that first round. Sure. And granted, you know, my first round, I was playing with Zen and Heliana Walter, and mm-hmm. they're both brilliant players. And I did not play that round well at all. I can't take anything away, away from, uh, I think Nick Greenup was from Kansas City, was in that first group too. He's a tough player. Yeah. Um, another Kansas City player that's just a super nice dude, yeah. but um, man, like part of me is like I, I, I wish it was some kind of a double elimination bracket where I might have had a chance to <laughs> you know crawl my way back up to, right. to victory. Right. But even then, um, it 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 was great and um, and I really had a lot of fun at Dory Hill. And I'm so happy to know that the logistics were not the issues that it's been in the past. 
and it sounds like you guys are learning from you know more of your experiences so I'm just man I'm really happy that it's back and I'm really happy that you guys are taking great care of it and Ryan did a great job with the tournaments oh, thank yeah. you Ryan oh, yeah. um, he did a ton of work yeah well he's 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 very analytical with a lot of the, the way that he does things and and it shows with every, you know whether it's the, the work that he does with tech or with comet pinball or anything like that he's yeah. he's great so um, yeah, I think the staff is really happy I think the owners really happy I think they are ready to have us back you know for years to come so uh, yeah and just keep trying to improve it little by little okay now I'm, I'm gonna throw something out hmm. uh, if somebody else is interested in doing something like this because I did speak to Steve I mentioned that earlier but yep. you know would, would you be willing to talk to someone if they were gonna try oh, and do yes. something like this please call me because I can help you avoid all sorts of little pitfalls um, yeah absolutely I think people should try this all over the country yeah it's I'm, a great I'm, st- event. I'm still amazed why this is not right. happening it's it, just so, the, the, elsewhere. I think that the campground has to be very carefully selected that's the biggest challenge and we tried to find an alternate venue here and really struggled so yeah um, like yeah. Durango has three KOAs within like two miles and it's beautiful down there yep would we get more players from California sure would we get more players from Albuquerque sure we get a heck of a lot less players from Denver that's it so um, and, and that's actually something that's been interesting with Blizzard Mountain with their 24 hour tournament is we're trying to figure out okay the people in Connecticut they're doing really well but within 500 miles of Connecticut you've got New York City Boston they've got players coming in from Maine I think they've got people like as far south as North Carolina but you've got DC you've got Philadelphia Mm -hmm. you've got people coming in from Pennsylvania you've got a lot of people millions millions and millions of people you've got a much bigger yeah pool to draw from and i think uh it's interesting because dory hill does have that draw yeah. granted it's been around for 10 years 11 years now and and uh, i want to do what i can to help the mccarthy succeed and, and try and get them successful with a relatively unique event right and um, and we're gonna we're gonna be you know, promoting that a lot earlier this year, mm-hmm. but we've been putting out questionnaires to figure out how how do we make this work? Because the original format did have to change just to make it happen this year, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But uh, there's, I, I would ask you to, you know, think about something like that and maybe talk to Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. because there's. There's definitely some differences between Dory Hill and the location that he has, but uh, you know, I want his events to be, and I want Blizzard Mountain to be successful too. Of course, yeah. No, we support the McCarthy's like crazy. We they're uh, they're awesome, great members of our community. So yeah, and um, they they actually closed down their location for the showdown this year, so they could get all their games down to the showdown. Yeah. No, they're great, great folks. And um, so, uh, what else would you like to talk about with Dory? Well, I think that's kind of the story. Um, what would you like to do differently? 
Yeah. What, what are your ambitions? I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of those. Um, okay. And and Ryan and I've been talking about them like crazy. I, I think um, finding some more space for people to stay is probably the top priority for this next year. And I think that could be, you know, those Airbnbs and that other campground and some of the hotel casinos if can you be opened get up. Good pricing at the Ameristar that would be sweet. Right. Exactly. So I think that and then making sure that we optimize the existing spaces uh, we'll have to figure out how that's going to work um that's step number one um even more games i'm shocked to say that i think we need even more games than we had this year but i think even more games to fill that pavilion that's a biggie uh i think we need to this is going to be the first time next year that we're going to do some sort of food uh, we've yeah. had some people offer to cook breakfast, like in mass. Mm-hmm. Do, I don't know what if it'll be pancakes or scrambled eggs or whatever. Um, but they have a big griddle up there on the pavilion. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. So we maybe potentially open up something for like a big breakfast, or I'm maybe sure. and or there's a food truck available up there. So we may just have them bring out a food truck and do hamburgers and fries for lunch. Talk to me about so, that later because mm-hmm. I've got a couple of locations that do a lot with oh, yeah. food trucks hmm. uh, and granted you know that will have to be something that you'll talk to with the the management up there yeah. as well yeah but uh, as long as it's self-contained yep. within its own operation it should be fine uh, heck they could probably stay up there all weekend and do well well the, the nice thing is is that the people on site, uh, I don't know if you met Russ when you're up there. There's a Ru- another Russ up mm-hmm. there that's the kind of one of the manager types up there. He himself has a food truck. Yeah. And so, obviously, it's very, it, it's good to use what they've got available uh, whenever possible mm-hmm. just so that they want us there year uh-huh. after year. So, I talked to Russ in great detail about that, and he said he's willing to pull it out there. Uh, and even potentially, they could even cook breakfast for us. But there are some people in our community that are cooks, yeah. and that they they'd be willing to pitch in their skills. So I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're definitely going to do at least one meal this mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, maybe more. Um, one bowl of guacamole isn't enough. No, I'm afraid not. We we need the guacamole there, though. Don't <laughs> you're not off the hook for that. Um, what else? So, so yeah, so more more places to stay, more games. Food options, and then you know who might be good for that is mm-hmm. Bill Reeves. He's oh a yeah, chef. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And another thanks to Bill put out the trope, made the trophies for us by hand, and didn't even get to attend the event this year. Quiet Leatherworks, thank so, you, Bill. Yeah, Quiet Leatherworks. So he was he was great about that. Really, I have to say, everybody that I asked, including you, to pitch in for various things, everybody was willing to help. So yeah, well, it's it wouldn't have happened. Fucking otherwise. awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's. That's a nice thing, for sure. Well, I, I see that consistently with good culture and good events. When you go to Pinburg, when you go to Papa, their volunteer network is fantastic and yeah. deeply ingrained. And and you know, if, if, when I went to the VFW, this was actually one of the more amazing things I've ever seen at a show. When I went to VFW, so it's three, four buildings, you know, 300 smog, mm-hmm. 400 games. When a game went down, there are these roving packs of techs <laughs> that, you know, they, they've got like a tray and, and a box of tools with them. The game goes down, they find the game, they fix it there. If they can't fix it there, they put it on a dolly, put it into the, the main room, which has a workshop in the middle of it. They fix it there and then they put it back out on the floor as quickly as possible. Hmm. 
I mean, just it's a machine. It didn't stop, you know. And and we're talking hundreds of games, right? And um, and you could say the same thing about the Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. They've got a crew of volunteers that comes in there, and if you ever really want to learn how to fix electromechanical games, go and volunteer at the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas because they've got rows that are like. I don't know what 60 80 games mm-hmm. deep and yeah and uh, and and I think you can say the same thing about so many shows that are out there I mean we just talked about Kevin McCarthy Kevin McCarthy and Dean Grover they would bring their entire collections to the showdown for years and between the two of them they, they would bring at least 30 40 games and it essentially made the show happen right. for a long time so um, yeah the, these things are uh, are important so I'm always excited to see something like this with Dory Hill where everyone just says I'm in it's not it's not even you don't even have to ask you just yeah I'll do it <laughs> right you're right so all right is there anything else you'd like to talk about I don't think so I think that's it let's go play some pinball all right fuck yeah let's go play some pinball <laughs> thank you Russ all right so there you have it Miracles can and do happen in the world of pinball. So with all of that, my sincere hope with this between the episode here and the episode that I recorded with Steve Trujillo is that other people out there are going to be able to find a way to make their own pinball camping tournament happen. Mind if you do put together an event like this, let me know. I'd love to stop on by and check it out. Have yourself a super awesome day and go play some pinball.